Okay, January 4th, 2022. Let's continue in Moreh Nebuchim. Uh, very briefly, with regards to the direction we've taken. Uh, we discussed in the first several classes, we talked about Harambam's conception, uh, so to speak, of an ideal life. And that was, we read from the very onset, this achievement of what was once there in Gan Eden, this life of Emet and Sheker, as he described it. And then there's this life of humanity, which we call Tovaraz, it's Ada Tovara. In turn, the perspective, the direction, is to return in some way or fashion to that emet and sheker. What is emet and sheker? It's the ability to think and to conceive of the world through the prism of objective truth. To be able to make out and to determine anything and everything that takes place in my life through the vantage point of what's truthful, what's the right thing to do, not what I want to do. Uh, that is the direction that Harambam uh, set us out with initially. As a result, we talked about Selim Elohim. He kind of brought it up within that context. And then at the beginning of last week, we kind of reflected upon that. After, again, several other conversations where Rambam quoted that Midrash, the Gemara Masechet Shabbat, that Yisrael who stood at Har Sinai, who received the Torah, uh, we lost that poison, that filth injected by the Nahash, which of course was representative of Tovara, the skewed intellect, in inappropriately understanding the world and endeavoring within it. And Torah, as a result, he was hinting, almost saying explicitly to us, is what sets you back on the straight path. Nahash, he told us elsewhere, is representative, like Sforno writes, of Yetzer Hara. It's the skewed path, the wrongful direction with regards to the way you understand life and, and, and approach life. Uh, then we took a step back, or maybe forward, and we kind of uh, thought a little bit about that. So what would that mean for Rambam with regards to reality, or call it Torah reality as we know it? What would that mean for matters of Kiddushah? After all, for Rambam, uh, the ideal state and being was before Torah was given. Torah is, so to speak, this direction or these lenses which are given to you once in this world of Tov and Ra. As a result, we said, although Torah will set you, he makes clear, we accept very uh, forcefully, uh, will, although, although it will set you on the path of emet and sheker, that's not to say that a life of emet and sheker, of envisioning the world and acting based on emet, cannot be achievable or can come close to achieving without Torah. We mentioned briefly, we didn't even read this inside, how Rambam reveres Aristotle as a result. But Aristotle was a non-Jew. He didn't have Torah. Again, that's not to say that he didn't rise to great levels with regards to perfection or close to perfection of intellect, which we can and should address on another occasion. As a result, last week, what we really honed in on is, so what's something that's called Lashon HaKodesh? Of course, Hebrew, Lashon HaKodesh. What's the Kiddushah inherent or not in that language? Uh, whereas many, most, the vast majority of of, of medieval and even contemporary and early modern uh, commentators and, uh, and thinkers uh, of Torah and Judaism attribute to the Hebrew language a certain inherent, intrinsic maybe is the better word, holiness. It's a language that defines essence, that may, might even create essence. We struggled and kind of pointed to the Pesukim at the beginning of the Torah where God says, Yehi or, and in turn there is light, speech, 
creates essence. Again, in today's day and age, it's more of a, a popular uh, a philosophical notion that, that language could create essence in some way or fashion. Uh, alternatively, Harambam, as we read in two places, made clear to us uh, there's no such notion. Language, by definition, not only other language, but even Lashon HaKodesh will be a conventional construct. It'll be something that society brings about. We represent concepts, ideas, through speech and language. There's nothing inherent to language. There's no intrinsic value to language. If I used my hands, if I uh, just demonstrated what I wanted to tell you in some other way, there was nothing that was lost in me, so to speak, not doing it with language. By the way, and should be addressed on another occasion, that was in the conversation of Lashon HaKodesh. We then uh, questioned and we read what Harambam's explanation to Lashon HaKodesh is. But by the way, you should know that Harambam, in a somewhat of another famous passage, envisions the ideal prayer in Hebrew, Matarari Shona, as being fully cognitive, all pensive, all in terms of thought makes a lot of sense. Whereas, not words. Words is for human beings because we need to do it with words. But meditative, is, is the ideal way of prayer. That's not to say that you could or should, al-pi halacha, and he's clear about this in his Mishneh Torah, be doing it only in a meditational fashion. You should do it, of course you should do both. But ideally, ideally understand words, in his mind, confine. Uh, the more you take away words, the more potential that's possible. You listen to a sound. There's so much, you look at a, a dot on a piece of paper, what does that mean? There are hundreds of explanations. The second you attribute words and explanations to it, you've confined it, you've made it more finite. So words are kind of take away. But I thought words construct, okay, that's Harambam, very much Lishitato in terms of this perspective. Go ahead. Uh, his, his, uh, from what I understand, this reasoning for prayer is because you can't get that out of the person. That's right. So yeah, the that's right. So Abi's, Abi's fleshing out fully how he writes it. Again, I called it matarari shona. The ideal way is meditatively, but you're a human being. I was, of course you're thinking, but you can't do this just with thought, which is the void of words. You can't do that. You're a human being. We need to use words. The same way, it's in the same passage that Rambam talks more famously about korbanot. What's the purpose of korbanot? For him, it's a, not a matarari shona, it's not the ideal approach of God. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself, and we will read these and learn these together, but Rambam instead suggested that Lashon HaKodesh is only referred to as such because the language is devoid or, or, or is lacking any derogatory, negative, filthy words. It's a more purity of language as opposed to in inherently sanctified. That's what he described, if you recall, no words for human waste, no words for sexuality, all borrowed words and expressions and but terms. It's not ideal, that's what, that's what he's saying. No. It's, as soon as it's not it. intrinsic, it's not of it's essence. Not. You want to call ideal? Ideal as well, yes. I mean, that's uh, uh, you know, hard, hard for me to define that exactly, but yes, the language is not inherently, quote, better than others, other than the fact that it's got this attribute to it. So it, wasn't, it was developed from humans? 
Absolutely, yeah. conventional. That was that word. So he says, that, 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 ironically, we, we pointed this out briefly last week, the very pasuk that someone like Rabbi Uda Halevi points to to prove that the language is godly, that Adam was brought the animals in order to name them, says Rabbi Uda Halevi in his Kuzari. How do you think he named them? Of course, with divine inspiration. Of course, with Nivuah. Well, it's godlike. Harambam pointed to at one passage in the More, which we read, to say, you see, human beings made up those words. Human beings use it as representative. All right, so what I said last week, and I do want to do this over the course of maybe one or two or more weeks, is to point out some other circumstances where, again, in the direct line of thought of Rambam, we're therefore going to understand reality, even Torah reality, as not having inherent value per se, as opposed to something practical. Again, the inherent value is getting to emet and sheker. Torah, Kiddushah, is going to be my action, my way of refining my thought. But to envision something as inherently holy because it's X, very difficult, if not impossible, for a Harambam, a Maimonidean type of thought. Uh, so that was the conversation. Of a, uh, maybe even Torah. In other words, the question will be, what does Kiddushah in the context of Torah mean? But what I'd like to do today, not Torah yet, um, I'd like to do today is I'd like to address Eretz Yisrael. Uh, what is, we talk oftentimes about uh, being a holy land, a sanctified land. What is it that is sanctified about it? What is it, uh, when we talk about, the, you know, going to Eretz, the Arsenu, HaKadosh, what makes it holy? And is it something inherent? Is it something, so to speak, practical, similar to Lashon HaKodesh, which we addressed last week? Instead of, only because Ali ruined it last week, instead of starting in the Moreh and then making our way into those who disagree with Harambam, I'm going to start in the opposite direction. <laughs> so on the page in front of you, I put only two, but there are many, uh, specifically in the world of Jewish mysticism. I'd imagine most um, uh, Jewish philosophical or, or thinking works today are going to take a similar approach as well. It's this approach that will develop and suggest a certain inherent quality and sanctity to the land. Kuzari. Kuzari, again, is the earliest of our sources for today and last week as well. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a, a century before Harambam, effectively, or a generation before Harambam. Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, a Spanish rabbi, who makes his way to, to Israel at the end of his life. Here in Kuzari, Ma'amar Sheni, in Piskai Yodalit, I only presented for you three lines, but the context and, and much of Kuzari conversation, not throughout, but in this section and earlier as well, is he's talking about the value of Am Yisrael, the elevated value of Am Yisrael. What is it that we have as opposed to what they have? Which I said, by the way, is going to be another one of our conversations with regards to inherent. So his approach, very clearly, is there's a metaphysical DNA, there's something genetic that we have, it's called Inyan Elohi. it's this God uh, aspect, uh, what we might call that in the Rambam type of terminology, Tzelem Elohim. Uh, so he'll uh, he'll propose that. Didn't you say he, no? Didn't you say no? Didn't you say that? Developed. I'm talking about Kuzari. I'm not Harambam. Kuzari, yes, very clearly so. I, go ahead, no. I've been reading all week. I've been wanting to ask you. Doesn't Alenu say when we read Alenu that we were made differently? Shelosam halkeno kahem. Does that mean that we were made differently? No, that means that we given differently. We have a portion which is different. Is that 
is that an inherent metaphysical one? Or we're since we're need. born into a nation that has Torah, it's not such a stretch to suggest that. We're born into a nation which has Torah, has a tradition which binds us and sets us on the straight path. We in turn were not made in the same fashion. You're, you're right, it lends itself more to another approach, but I don't know that Rambam would lose so much sleep over that. Uh, because again, I, I, I made my child, what you, you made your child like that? I raised my, I nurtured him in such a fashion, and as a result, that's who he is. Something like that. Yes, Abe? I don't want to get caught on this. No problem. So in essence, you're saying that inherently, intrinsically, there is no Kedushah. It's a medium to get to the Kedushah. Right. Because Kedushah for Rambam, for Harambam, will be the achievement of proper thought. We're going to have to address Torah at a certain point. Uh, again, Torah we're leaving aside right now. Lashon Hakodesh, hang on for Torah, for, for uh, you know, pretty pretty large and vast in terms of addressing that. Let's deal this this week with Eretz Yisrael. Kol writes Kuzari, Omnam hitnaba ba o ba'avura. It's a bold statement. But it seems to be true. It says anyone who had prophecy, not seems to be, it is true. Anyone who had prophecy in Torah, in Nevi'im, even in Ketubim, if that's pro- prophetic in some way or fashion, it was either in the land of Israel or rarely outside, but about the land of Israel. That's clear. And so he very clearly attributes that to, he will, the sanctity of the land. Avraham hitnaba kedela Avraham's nivuah was to go to it and keep in mind and be there. For what reason? We'll get there in a second. Yehezkel v'Daniel ba'avura u'kvar hayunim sa'im b'zman ba'ir rishon v'ashechina asher b'himatziah hayam mit'alel l'nivuah komi she'echina atzmo elea mehasegula. The ability to achieve prophecy is in the land of Israel or to connect yourself or to bring yourself to the land of Israel. Again, just choose, picking and choosing from words that are all consistent. He concludes, and you'll understand by the end of the class why I chose Avraham specifically. Avraham hu avar me'arso. The reason Avraham was commanded lech lecha, leave your land to Eretz Kenan, el hamakomahu, asher bo bilvad yagia letachlit hashelemut. The only place wherein it's possible to come to the epitome of completeness is Eretz Yisrael. That's it. Why? Because inherently the land is different. Qualitatively, metaphysically, whatever words you want to attribute to this statement, it's something about the land. Not about the characteristics which might be present in the land. The land is the place. It's you know reminiscent, if you take it literally, of the words of the rabbis of Avira Eris Yisrael Machim. The ability to have higher level thought is the air of the land of Israel. Again, if you if you're literal, it's the land, it's the air. Maybe it's the air because of something. Well, okay, Kuzari will say it's the it's the air. Ramban Nachmani. It should be noted both Kuzari and Ramban Nachmani made their way from Spain to Eretz Israel. So their discussion of it in such a fashion is very appropriate. They speak in these very lofty terms in their vision uh, and and in turn aspiration to get to the land of Israel. So there's you know there's a certain beauty whether whether you're of their mode of thought or not, there's certain beauty in their speech when you have the biography in front of you as well, that they actually, both of them wrote it before. 
Rambam, he, he Ramban adds to it, but not this. We know it. I, I, ha- I have the book of all the additions and all that conversation. And, and, he, and he makes clear where some of them are, are there. Oh, they could talk about it. They read Torah. They have tradition. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. They don't need to experience it to write in such a way. Ramban Nachmani in his commentary here to Vayikra Perek Yod Pasuk uh, in addition to many other places, including in Sefer Bereshit, where he talks about the inherent, intrinsic value and sanctity of the land. Aval Eres Yisrael Hashem The land is the place which is specifically quarantined and set apart as God's, God's name. Believe it or not, I can't explain to you these words. Even if I could, I wouldn't. Is something along the lines of the ministering angels of God are not present in the land. There's no intermediary. In the most basic sense, there's a direct connection to God. You don't have any of these shotel, moshel, Malachim and Kassin in the land of Israel, which you have, of course, he's going to say, in exile. Again, inherently, something about the land lends itself to God's direct presence. He's now... now, mentioning uh, or alluding to the Pesukim that he's commenting on there in Parashat Haremot, where God says, if you inhabit this land and you act wrongfully, the land will spit you up. Why so? And he's understanding that very, not, not, not that it's going to vomit, but that you're not going to be able to sustain yourself, that you won't be able to continue. Why not? Because the land is the land of God. You can't. It's, very, it's responsive. There's a re- reciprocal relationship because it is inherently something set apart, different, pristine, elevated. Again, lots of words we can give. it should say, my typo. Even if you know, all of existence is, to a certain extent, emanating from God, uh, even though it is all, let's use, you know, uh, lofty language, singing the song of God, you'll never achieve pure purity, absolute purity, outside of the land of Israel. And the reason is, again, he's speaking Kabbalistically again, or you know, mystically, because there are ministering angels which create a barrier. And the nations, in turn, have, uh, have worship of these ministering it. Again, my typo. And this is a very famous passage of Ramban Nachmani. Listen to it. If you can't get inspired to move to Israel, if you take this very seriously, I don't know what will. I'm going to tell you what he says before reading it inside. He, if you read it at face value, he quotes from a Midrash, which says that our performance of mitzvot outside the land of Israel is all performance like a child getting older. You perform mitzvot so that you know how to perform them when you're an adult. Perform them now. Sure, do it now. Oh, because you might be in Israel one day and actually have to do it. But you're doing it outside the land of Israel. That's very strong and bold language, but for our purposes, without getting into the the difficulties with regards to that, um, or maybe the personal difficulties, um, what he is making clear is there's something inherently different about the land of Israel and Galut and anywhere else. There's no sin 
no sin outside Israel either? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, he, uh, you know, it's a full, full conversation. He says that there are anything that's talui baguf, anything that's like tefillin, he gives an example in mezuzot. You'll have to define exactly what he means. So those are, the, those are relevant outside of the land. Uh, but the, those, are, those that are less directly affected by your body and, a, and, and your a specific obligation, you know, there's, there's, as a matter of fact, Ramban elsewhere writes, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, and he's, in my opinion, not speaking as literally as he's presented, although maybe he is, but I don't believe so. He says, how is it and why is it that Rachel, and he's playing a little god over here, Rachel dies before entrance into my blue. It. Why does Rachel die prematurely? And so his suggestion is it's about to enter into the land of Israel. About to enter into the land of Israel, you can no longer be dealing with married, marriage to two sisters. Of course, before the Torah is given. But if Yaakov is tapped into these truths of the Torah, even that would be relevant to him. Again, a longer conversation. But yes, he does go pretty far on this. Again, I, I don't want anyone following that. I don't want anyone taking it as literally as we're presenting it. But it's important to make the point nonetheless. Yeah. Community, society, and, and nation, right? And if you're going to be in what is essentially geographically the crossroads of three continents, there's going to be a lot of people who want that land. You're not going to be able to govern that piece of land if you don't have perfection of person, community, society, nice. and nation. So performance of mitzvah is more relevant. Nice. Nice. Because if not, they're going to throw you out. Nice. All right, Sammy has rationalized the mystic. I'll take it. I don't think he would say it, but but there is a practical uh, practical uh, vision on in that respect. That is what he cites over here. He cites this pasuk from Yirmiya, which the midrash uh, picks up on of Hatsivi lach You should establish for yourself uh, markers, and the midrash gives a mashal. It says it's the same way if the wife of the king, if I'm not mistaken, is sent away. Um, from him, Mashal Le'adon, the master, Shekas Alishto, he's angry at his wife. Uh, God is angry at Am Yisrael, sends us out. Vishaleha Lebetavia, go to your father's house. Amala, he says, but, but continue to adorn yourself and to wear fancy clothing. Because when you come back, I don't want you to, uh, to not fit into them. I don't want you to forget how to wear those. Uh, that's what the mitzvot outside of the land of Israel is. Very clearly, both from Kuzari and from Ramban Nahmani, the land of Israel intrinsically and inherently is a land of sanctity to the extent that prophecy, and back in Kuzari's words, will only be found in the land of Israel. can't be elsewhere, or it's about the land of Israel, because that's what it has to be. When you're tapping into that, it can only be through the prism of Israel. It's specifically on that point that I think in the Moreh, Rambam, Harambam, kind of makes his vantage point, his counter vision and perspective clear. And it's here in Helik Bet of the Moreh, Perek Lamidvav. On the page in front of you, it's on page 388. And if you um, uh, skip down just a few lines, four lines or so, uh, it's the context is somewhat important. It's talking about prophecy. And Rambam is talking about the mechanics of prophecy. He does a lot of that in Moreh Nebuchim. And uh, in turn, his 
a clear understanding and description based on rabbinic sources and others is that a person needs to refine themselves, their character, their mind, their ways, and so forth, in order to achieve proper thought and connectedness in the intellect. So take a look here, four lines from the top. Okay, so he's talking about the mechanics with regards to prophecy. He says, depending on your level with regards to many of those sorts of faculties and facilities that you'll need in order to, uh, and he's going to specifically focus for in a moment on your imaginative faculty. Um, so if, if I'm more imaginative than you, then my ability to prophesy might be stronger than you as well. He continues, he says, Yodeata. Everybody knows that you get tired. That's being a human being means you get fatigued. And as a result, you'll, you'll, you'll let down guard on certain things. Your body will ache at other points. But then on other occasions... You'll be strong. You'll be. You'll be. You'll be. You'll feel like everything is takin, is is fixed and in place. So sometimes you feel great. You exercised and you feel good. Other times you'll be tired. Maybe you overexercised. Didn't exercise enough. This imaginative faculty of human beings, gufani He says it's dependent upon our physical build up as well. Uh, the capacity within which or through which we're going to be imaginative will be dependent upon how you feel. You'll find in, in the story, in the Nevi'im, prophets who have diminished prophecy when they're sad or when they're angry. He's going to get there in a second. Uh, what does that mean? What does it have to do with prophecy? Prophecy, says Rambam, is not this imaginative or magical uh, zap and snapping of the finger. It's rather a refinement of the person, of their mind, which is very much fed into by their body. The statement is that prophecy only resides upon a person when they're not sad when they're not lazy in some way or fashion. There's practical halachic ramifications for some, as a matter of fact. That's true as well. Well, again, it, it, might, be, it might be connected to it. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, halachically, Ashkenazim don't do birkat kohanim when they're outside the land of Israel. And if you look in, in Ramah for his rationale and his earlier sources that he brings, he says that um, to give a biracha, much as Yaakov did, that's what he's going to point to, you need to be in a happy state of mind. He says, are you telling me in exile you're going to be able to be in such an elevated, high, happy state of mind? You can, you're not at the level to give even a partial nivuah um, through beracha. You need to be. Again, it seems to be, we've talked about this in halacha classes, somewhat of an apologetic. It seems clear that they're looking around in Poland and, and, and Germany and France and saying, well, why aren't we doing Birkat Kohanim? It's a mitzvah from the Torah. And backwards trying to ration, rationalize it. But they do bring this, ironically, as, as, a, as, as a reason for it. Okay, he continues, Vishali Yaakov. That's, there you go, that's the difference. So you lived in the Middle East, life was good. You lived there, that's right. Avinu, <laughs> interestingly, Italy has a storied history. So Italy may have done a little bit, and Italy always was on the fringe of Ashkenazic and Sephardic in terms of tradition. Avinu, lo ba'ahit galut, kol yemei 
Uh, right, so the, 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 the rabbis have this statement that Yaakov, in the years of uh, absence of, of Yosef, he didn't have nevuah, I and mean, that's what we saw in last week's parashah, ruach Yaakov avihim. His ruach, his, his, his prophetic ruach, uh, returns when he finds out that Yosef is alive. His imaginative faculty was diminished because of his, 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 his agony, his sorrow, uh, his inability to focus himself, because Yosef was missing. His prophetic, his prophetic Where do we see that? We don't. We just have Vatihi Ruach Yaakov Avihem. The rabbis read that as, uh, as prophetic. If you look at the Targum Unkulus, who Harambam we know is very much, very fond of, he has uh, something, Vahada Ruhaki de Kucha, I forgot the exact words. You're right, it's not explicit at all. There's a rabbinic vision of it. Ula Moshe, neither did I until this past week when Morris Catton pointed that out to me. Ula Moshe, alav hashalom, lo ba... That's true. How do you know? I mean, I mean, how do you know? We also don't know much about his life during that time period. It's an assumption. Your assumption is, the rabbi's assumption, that, the old, that we would know about every prophetic encounter. But again, maybe there was, and it's not significant for us. Listen, they do the, they do the. Of course, Rambam is quoting this from the Midrash. He's going to do it as the rabbis do. He's going to cite it right now. It's the same thing with Moshe. Moshe throughout after the Miragilim, oh, the very onset of the desert, until that generation dies out, there was no prophecy. Really? It says it's a void. You don't see it. It could be, certainly the way the Hachamim read it, and Harambam is not looking for Peshat in Torah here. Harambam is trying to understand prophecy more than anything. So he's accepting it. Again, I, I, I can't take a strong stance. I'll, I'll accept it. In Kabbalah, in Kabbal. Here it is. There was no uh, prophecy, there was no nevoa. Before the tragedy and the crisis of the, of the spies, he didn't have prophecy afterwards. Until they're all wiped out. Because it was difficult for him. His mind was distracted. He wasn't able to tap into truth intellectually. Zot When Miriam spoke about Moshe, and the Drash talks about they were having sexual relations, and Hashem called them right away. They were screaming, We need water. And they just weren't in a proper state of mind to be able to have To be able to have Nevoah. Through and through, you'll find and beautiful. You'll be able to make many other such associations uh, through this van strand. Again, it's it, it's very relatable. In it other is. words, once you understand, and I imagine everyone in the room does, but as a child, I certainly didn't. That prophecy is not so much magic as it is a person perfecting their intellect and getting to a point where they can then perceive and see and understand more. So then you understand a lot of this. So We've all been. You're saying there's nothing outside. No, I'm not saying there's nothing. I'm or saying it is a truth. Harambam will do it in Nevoah, but Harambam does, for Aristotle, it is nothing other than call it divine wisdom. For Harambam, there's still a spark of inspiration. But the vast majority of what prophecy is for Harambam is, yes, is man-made. Is you need strong, to make it, but you need... Yes. You need strong reception. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it if, if and when we Something talk about Nevoah. Like 
מכיוון שקשה עליו ענייניו של סופר. זאת אף על פי שלקוח המדמה לו היה מקום בנבואתו, כן? הרמב״ם in parentheses for our purposes says, you should know, משה's prophecy was different, he didn't even need really the imaginative faculty. This is הרמב״ם's understanding of משה's נבואה, not our issue right now. Next paragraph. כמו כן תמצא. שכמה נביאים התנבאו זמן מה, so to you'll find that some of the prophets, some of the נביאים, they prophesied for a period. ולאחר מכן, and afterwards, he started to have נבואה. They didn't have it any longer. היא לא נמשכה בשל מאורה שאירה, something happened, and as a result, their prophecy, their נבואה, stopped. זאת היא, ללא ספק, הסיבה העצמותית והמיידית להסתלקות הנבואה בזמן הגלות. This is as well, says Arambam, the very clear reason for the immediate stop of prophecy in times of exile. איזו עצלות או עצבות עשויה להיות לאדם במצב קשה יותר מהיותו עבד, קנוי, משועבד, לבורים, עבריינים, המצטרפים העדר שכל אמיתי עם שלמות התאוות הבהמיות. How much worse can you... The answer is nothing. Can you imagine a state of time where your mind will be distracted, incapable of being truly imaginative, than the following? Being in exile, enslaved by those who are obsessed with sinning, they're silly, low-leveled people, they combine their mitzaref, they combine a lack of mind, with shlemut, they have something that's complete. What's complete? Their ta'avot behemiyot. And saying the nations that surrounded us throughout exile, they had an obsession and a complete nature with regards to ta'avot, with regards to pleasures, hedonistic drives. That's what they were great at. You want to know what they had nothing of? Nothing of mindfulness, nothing of intellect. Says Rambam, you found yourself in that context. That's who's in charge. That's who you encounter. That's who's calling the shots for you, making the laws, dealing with you in the, in the marketplace and in life. How could you possibly have prophecy? Pause for a second. Why is prophecy only in the land of Israel as opposed to outside for Rambam? He didn't say anything about the land. He said everything about the governance of the land, which in turn gave us the ability. When you have self-jurisdiction in some day or age in the land of Israel, where it in turn gives you the ability to think clearly, oh, that's the end. He wouldn't, I'd imagine, I'm saying this with a big smile, be so surprised that we don't have prophecy in the land of Israel today. I'd imagine he'd say, yeah, you know, the government are not doing so great. Our leadership is because is because similar to Lashon HaKodesh, there was something about it that kind of led people to proper conduct, as Sammy uh, made clear for no, us no, last week. No, it's not something about it. It's something that we created. That's right. Something in it, when governed by us, which is a fascinating thing. I'll go a step further. He might... I can't imagine he wouldn't. He would say that if you're living in the land of Israel, when it is governed by foreign nations, and you don't have that ability, you're not able to achieve prophecy. It's not about the land in essence. There's nothing intrinsic. He cites a few pesukim along these lines, as he is wont to do. He says, Banecha ubnotecha netunim le'am aher. The Pasuk says in Devarim, at the end, you know what's going to happen? Your children will be given over to another nation. And your eyes are going to be longing for them. That's what 
That's the threat. The threat is you'll be in a time and an age where you're not in control. And this is the pasuk in Amos. You're going to be traveling and searching for the word of God. And you won't find it. And so too, when the king and the ministers are non-Jews, they're not from your clan. They're not looking for intellect. They're not a... You won't have prophecy. You won't have proper knowledge. That, says Rambam, is the attribute or the aspect of the land of Israel. But then why, why, why wouldn't any other land work? Because that's the land for Am Yisrael. But then there is one. Why? What's that? Well, that because that's what God told us. But then there is intrinsic value to it. What's the intrinsic value? That God told you that. God told you that should be your land. If you are governing it and doing it right, you can get prophecy. It can only be it's activated not. there. So there is. I don't know if that's true. There is value there because God told you. Let's read his last statement and then you tell me. I'm not certain you're right. Wait, so you're saying they can be outside of it? No, no, no. 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 No, Maybe, does he alternatively mean that once you no longer have a restrictive government, once you have a state and time, keep in mind what for Haram Babi Mota Mashiach is. It's a time of as he writes at the end of his Mishneh Torah, as he describes, it's not a time of uh, metaphysical uh, miracles. It's a time in which intellect pervades. As a result, that's a time wherein, during which, potentially outside, he doesn't say it explicitly, outside even of the land of Israel, you'll have prophecy. So again, why is it in the land of Israel that we attribute it to and we imagine it? That was the land we were told to conquer and to be in. Once you're in that land and you have the governance, that's where you have the prophecy. But then would we be able to achieve that Malkut outside of Israel? That state of mind, would we be able to achieve that? Uh, I, I'm, I'm suggesting... Achir Adonai al Admat Nechar. You have to be in Israel. It's not an environment I understand that. Joey Levy is asking, if you're outside of Israel and you built that safe environment, it's Yemot Mashiach. are you going to have Nevoah? I think, I think the answer is yes. But then, okay. For Harambam, for Harambam. But, I mean, there was an offer back in the day for them to establish a Jewish state in, the country. Uganda. Uganda. Yeah. Not saying that Harambam, you'd have your own Jewish state, it's not the land government, it's like, you have a mahut there. Why is that not the same thing we're talking about here? Then, if that's the case, I, I understand the danger of such a thought. I do know God commanded that we conquer and 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 uh, and inhabit the land of Israel. But that's that value. I, I don't know if that's a value. I know that's a command. So it's a command. Is it because inherently the land is uh, the soil is oh, is, it is matters is. is that's, that's correct. But once God commanded that, okay. that's the place where you're going to and govern. That, that gives it its value. The value is the governance, which in turn opens the minds of the people. No, the, 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 
It's not the soil of the land for Rambam. That's not the value. The value is, it goes like this, according to Rambam, according to my ancestors for Rambam, I commanded you to inhabit that land. Now that you're going to do that, and you will govern over that land, right, now your minds are going to be opened up. Now you don't have the threats from but outside and inside and so forth. It has to be on that only land. has to be on that. Only has to be on that land because you're commanded to conquer and inhabit that land. Right. Not because the land per se has an inherent sanctity, because you were commanded so the, to do that. So the the value is the fact that we govern it, and as a result, don't have threats. Inside or outside? No. So give me in school. They, in school, they used to bring up the analogy. They used to say, and you say, if you, you build a movie theater in America, it's fine. Nothing you can do about it. That land, if you want to knock it down and build a shul, no problem. Or if it's a shul, you knock it. In Israel, you can't do the same thing because there's something inherently valuable about the land there. It's that's not the way the Rambam. School. Uh, the school, that's, that's the problem, I know, but... Because they're quoting from Puzzelli and That's correct. That's As I said earlier, that would, that, that would not be a Rambam philosophical so, so statement. So, just to break it down together. So, the Rambam says that we have to conquer that land. The Torah says that. Uh, Rambam says that the Torah says we have to... Uh, he doesn't talk about that here. I told you, the Torah, the Torah says, says conquer uh, the land. That's what God told us. Period. I will remind you, by the way, I will remind you, just give me one second, and I can't tell you it is connected to this, but it might be that whereas Ramban Nachmani in his, in his comments on Sefer HaMitzvot of Harambam says, you forgot something in your count of 613, it's inhabiting the land, Rambam never counts as one of his 613. Really? Now, I don't know, I'm not so audacious to say that that's the reason, because it's not about the land. It might be connected to it in some respect, though. And Rambam, the argument is made, uh, still envisions it as a fulfillment, maybe just not a commandment or something so, like that. So according to Rambam, what we just said, if, if we conquer a different land, right, and we have the same mindset, then what? You can achieve prophecy. No, but, but God, sorry. You didn't fulfill Wait. God's command. Okay, you can still achieve prophecy. You still, you're, you're there. You're, who said you? What's that? About it, Israel, Rambam would tell you. Well, what about Bilal? would tell you. Well, what about Bilal? Rambam. Okay. You got his prophecy, it wasn't about the land. I mean, it's in the land. Uh, it was outside the land. It's a good question. Uh, it's a general question. It's a general question. I, 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 I had that from the beginning. It's a general question. Maybe it's about Amisel going into it. I don't know. Okay. There's a couple out of that. But, but that being the case, it let. One other question I would have. Just one second. Let, let, let's just conclude this now. Let's conclude this because we did to a certain oh, extent. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, one way. Sorry. Doesn't uh, one of the Yaakov, Moshe, they get into a place, they walk on land, and they say, I didn't know this land was holy. I didn't take my shoes off. I would have well, slept You're here. talking about Moshe, and Moshe is no. not in the land of Israel. He's on Yaakov, Harasina. Yaakov, 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 okay. He said, I didn't know this place was holy. We have to define those words, irrespective of Rambam or Kuzari. I just had a revelation from God. He's surprised at a revelation from God. 
It's, it's about the fact that he just had a revelation from God. Does, does he not say anything about the particular land that he's in? We'll have to define it accordingly. I'd like to say so. Anyway, no, no, no problem. So that all being the case, I just want to bring us full circle over here. And, and the full circle is just to bring you back to the way we, to a certain extent, began this conversation. And Kuzari, if you recall, Kuzari, his claim was, what do you think was happening with Avraham? Our whole story, in terms of Torah, Am Yisrael, vision starts in Bereshit Perek Yod Bet with the words of God to Abraham isn't that already clear to us there's something about leaving here getting into the land of Israel in order to achieve prophecy isn't that clear isn't that and that's what Kuzari was really in order to connect to God say uh, better yet don't talk about prophecy because there's something inherent about the land that was the claim of Kuzari we didn't really come full circle with Rambam although we could already I'd like to read it um, together with you from this source number three it's a, it's a book that was written, uh, or published rather, posthumously, after the death of Rabbi Soloveitchik, and it's called The Emergence of Ethical Man, here on page 149 to 150, without, ironically, ever mentioning Rambam in this passage, although he was uh, a member of a family who revered Rambam in terms of his halachic works, without ever mentioning Rambam, he'll mention the Kuzari, he'll mention Rambam, he'll disagree with them, and he'll take an approach which will be eerily reminiscent of what we just learned in Rambam, he'll tweak it a little bit for his purposes. Why God could not enter into an, into an intimate relationship, he writes, with Avraham in Mesopotamia and had to guide him into a new land is an old problem. Yehuda Halevi in his Kuzari explains it with the uniqueness of the land of Israel as an ideal land. Oh, so there's your word, Abi. He actually uses the word ideal. For the meeting of God by man, he attributes metaphysical qualities to the land and endows it with a spiritual climate. Nahmani, Ramban, in his commentary to Vayikra, Yodhet Kafe, followed in Halevi's footsteps, as did the mystics. For them, the attribute of Kiddushah, holiness, ascribed to the land of Israel, is an objective metaphysical quality inherent in the land. There's a lot of words I love to use, and all in one sentence. With all my respect for the Rishonim, Rishonim refers to rabbis from medieval time period, right? Kuzari is referring to an Ramban, Nahmani. I must disagree with such an opinion. I do not believe that it is halachically cogent. It's not clear, clear from the halakha perspective. That's a, my, pl- my pleasure, my pleasure. That's the only way you'll get them. And, and, and you're the one person who will ask them. Kedushah, under ha- a halachic aspect, is man-made. More accurately, it is a historical category. Let him explain himself. A soil is sanctified by historical deeds performed by a sacred people never by any primordial superiority. It's never from something that was just there before time, primordial. Uh, It's rather something that happens over time, which means that he's going to stretch a little bit further than we maybe did in Rambam. by people, that's very clear. Now again, Rambam will have to will have to contend for Rambam if we're really going to take him to the extent that I took him a moment or two ago. You do have concepts of Kedusha Rishona and Kedusha Shenia, or whether it was Kedusha Le'atid Lavo or not. You might be familiar with those terminologies from the Gemara. Is there an inherent sanctity to the land of Israel today? Oh, what do you mean inherent sanctity? I thought there is no such thing according to Rambam. So there is such a concept. We may be oversimplified because we were only talking in the context of Nivu'ah. Let me be very clear about that again. We were talking in Rambam about prophecy. To suggest that there is no Kiddushah in the land of Israel, impossible. And that's why the answer again to your question, Joey, of, of Uganda is, you need to be in the land, but not only does God command it, there's also sanctity. But 
And here's the critical line. But that sanctity was and is upheld by human beings. God commanded, human beings performed, and in turn, their sanctity. But there wasn't something implanted by God, so to speak. The Lachic term, Kedushat Ha'aretz, here we are, the sanctity of the land, denotes the consequence of a human act. Either conquest, right? We call that kibush aretz, or the mere presence of the people in the land, intimacy of man and nature. These are halachic terms he's referring to. He's not giving you his sourcing on this. On another occasion, we could develop it, but there's concepts called kibush aretz, the conquering brought sanctity. The rabbis in the Gemara talk about this. Alternatively, just living in the land, am Yisrael alat matam, uh, that in and of itself, that Yerushat aretz gives the kiddusha. Kiddusha is identical with the man's association with with Mother Earth. Nothing should be attributed a priori to dead matter. A priori means before thought or before the fact. I could say a priori, I think that uh, that uh, that soda or whatever tastes good. A priori means I'm, I'm a niche, my, niche, my knee-jerk, my knee-jerk thought. So over here, a priori means that you can't have before the fact, before a historical consequence, before a human being did something. There's no such thing as kiddushah. God doesn't zap it. Object- before creation, there was nothing inherent. Before human beings doing and creating that kiddushah, before Am Yisrael conquering the land, before settling the land. Where the precipice of the majority of Jews in, in, in Israel. When that happens, there will be, there are already written halachic ramifications, indeed, because through the settlement of the people, you start talking about Yovel, you start talking about Hidusha Semicha and things of that sort. Objective Kidusha, however, I added in the word however, objective meaning it just is. Smacks of fetishism, like Milashon fetish. It's something that, uh, it's, it's just an obsession with something that's not real. I believe, rather, that the divine commandment to Avraham to leave his parents' land and go to the land of Canaan should be understood under a different aspect entirely. Before we read his words, we could kind of take a, a stab at this, according to Rambam. We could say it was a place which was destined to be a place for proper contemplation and concentration. He's going to articulate that. Again, in today's day and age, says Rambam, you need it in order to not have shibud malchiot, in order to not deal with the uh, constricting uh, governments and, and, and nations. He'll say for, Rabbi Salvechik will, for Avraham, Sometimes you need to be isolated in order to think clearly. You need to distance yourself. What's that? That's why he needed to leave his parents. He needed no, a certain... Need that, okay, so, same point, right? In other words, I don't want you going that far. Your parents will kill me. But I, I mean, but that's the same thing. That's... that's that's right. It's part of life. Yes. The charismatic personality must disassociate himself from his national connections and completely free himself from the environment he was born and reared in. The chosen person severs, cuts off, his affiliation with his clan and friends. He deserts everybody in order to give himself up to his new friend, God. The first prerequisite for prophecy is loneliness. No, it's not so crazy. That's the point. That is the point. God says to Avraham, leave there, go to that land. It's distant from your family. What's that? Yeah, and he chose that land. That's right. So you've decided because that land God impregnated with Kedushah. 
Alternatively, alternatively, once he tells him to go there, he goes there, and his descendants go there. Uh, I'll, I'll get there in a, in a second. And his descendants go there. There now is sanctity through the involvement, development over the course of time of the nation there. By the way, says Sammy, additionally, I didn't intend to mention this. He never told him initially, so I know we call it an Isayon, and it is an Isayon. You don't know where you go. Maybe it's even more than that. The fact that he doesn't tell him what land he's going to is because it's not about the land, it's more about the distance from where he came from and going to another uh, place by the command. He says if you cut off all uh, dependencies, that's the all. Again, Joe, you didn't need a psychologist. Ironically, you don't even need for this point the Torah, you need life. Do yeah. you and I not know this, that at certain points in order to achieve authenticity, in order to actualize what we want to be, who we want to be, we need to be separate, maybe not even physically, sometimes even physically from others, in order to think independently, see who we are. A lonely man finds the lonely God, and this very loneliness creates the charismatic bond between them. The charismatic person must lose his country and his home. And this sentence is probably the most, uh, the most indicative. The Spiritual straying away is the gist of the command. Again, it's not the spiritual arrival at the land, it's rather the spiritual straying away. The physical journey, the fact that he gets to the land, is of secondary importance. For Avraham, the statement of Lech Lecha was about the Halicha. It wasn't about the Haga'ah. It wasn't about the El Eretz Kenan. Avraham must forsake his past and transplant himself into a new historical dimension. Otherwise, he cannot become the favorite of his God. He is a lonely soul, an uprooted personality. To very briefly summarize what we've hopefully developed over the course of this class, next stage, along the same lines, we're somewhat linear to last week's, but the next stage, or horizontal, next stage in discussing for, again, Rambam's philosophy with regards to, if we're searching for, if we're seeking Emei, and that's to be achieved through proper thought and contemplation. So what about inherent sanctity? Can't I just get it by tapping into inherent sanctity? Isn't that what it's all about? Don't I do mitzvot because then I become sanctified through doing it? Don't I live in Israel because I become sanctified? Shouldn't I speak Hebrew because that is the sanctified language? Harambam will tell us about each of those. Absolutely not. I'll mention parenthetically, but I kind of walked into it. It's for that reason Rambam will have an obsession, yes, obsession with ta'ameh mitzvot. How could he not if the purpose of mitzvot is not inherent, the reason for the mitzvot, why do we do it? It's not just about doing, oh, you purified yourself, you did sanctity, you became sanctified through doing it. Alternatively, he'll so say, alternatively, he'll say the hokim of the, and I'll call it this, the Ashkenazic conception, the historical Ashkenazic conception is, Hukim don't have a reason. God didn't have a reason other than performing. Harambam will not accept that. Hukim have a reason. No, no, far from it. According to Rambam, Hukim have a reason. It's harder to understand. Very much in line with this philosophy. We're not surprised by that because mitzvot, like the land, like the language, like so much else, doesn't have this inherent sanctity and essence. It's not intrinsic. It's rather do this, uh, perfect your thought, become a different person by so doing. It's for that reason he will, again, expend a lot of energy throughout his moreh in scattered places. The Tameh Mitzvot will have its own section, but in scattered places, defining the essence of each of these things as not being an intrinsic, intrinsic essence, but rather one which is an outgrowth of properly doing it and refining and crystallizing your thought. Baruch Adonai, Amen, Amen.